Well, I wonder, do you have a favourite Christmas song? Uh, they've been unavoidable now for, I mean, I'm going to say the best part of two months, pretty much since Halloween, haven't they? If you've been to the shops, uh, you'll have been listening to Mariah Carey and George Michael and uh, well, all kinds of other people. One of the songs which seems to be pretty much ubiquitous and has been for several years is, is Chris Rear's accidental classic, Driving Home for Christmas. I don't know if that's anybody's favourite here. I say accidental because I gather originally it was released as a B-side and he had to be persuaded that it was a song that was worth doing something with. And I guess he's probably done quite well out of it after all these years. Uh, why is that song so popular? Apart from the fact that it seems that if you're a musician, all you need to do is have a successful Christmas song. Uh, and you're pretty much set up, I guess, probably for the, for the rest of your life. But I think that song in particular perhaps has something to do with that universal human longing for home. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, it's a song about, well, the title gives it away, doesn't it? Driving home for Christmas. Uh, and I think he wrote it about the experience of being sat in a traffic jam on the A1, waiting to get back from London to, I think it was Sunderland or Middlesbrough or something, where his family is from. And he's looking at the, the people in the other cars making that same journey. And despite the fact that they're all stuck in traffic, there is nevertheless something important and something uh, which feels good about making that annual trip back home in time for Christmas. I guess um, we can relate to that, can't we? Even for those of us who perhaps have experiences of home in our own lives, which may not have been entirely positive all the way. Well, Christmas is about the God who takes us home. Um, the Christmas story, in fact, is a lot about home, if we stop to think about it, isn't it? Uh, most obviously, as we heard once again in our first reading this evening, it's the story of a couple unexpectedly expecting a baby. They're far from their own home in Nazareth, in Galilee. They're in a strange town looking for somewhere to stay. And the baby is born in someone else's home and laid in the manger where the cattle feed on the hay. But there's something deeper going on here as well because this baby is the son of God the Father. He's the second person of the Trinity. Mary and Joseph had to leave Nazareth, but Jesus has left his home in heaven. And he's come so that he might take us home to a real home, a permanent home. Um, I was in conversation uh, not long ago with, with a young person who couldn't quite get their head around the idea that we had things like pizza deliveries before there were sat-navs. How did, how did they ever find the right home? We managed, didn't we? The story of the Bible, in one sense, is the story of that human yearning for home, for a safe home, for a good home, for a permanent home with the God who made us, a place where we can belong. It's a yearning which all people have somewhere deep in their hearts. And Christmas is where God shows up to make that possible. In being human, the Lord, if you like, has taken the wheel the wheel of the world. He's set the GPS to home. And he is taking us there. Because at Christmas, the Son of God becomes our brother to make us God's children. Christ becomes what we are, that we might become what he is. The Father adopts us and calls us home. Secondly, Christmas is about the God who became like us. 
like you and me. And he does it by stooping to our level. Because the gospel message of Jesus is not some kind of self-help manual. It's not instructions for how to get things right. The Bible doesn't give us, in particular, the instructions as to how we might make some kind of ladder to get ourselves up to heaven, to reconnect with God, although it does contain many sad stories of people trying to do that. But instead, what the Bible gives us is the story of God's descent from heaven to earth to find us and to take us home. We look at the baby in the manger in a thousand nativity scenes. If you were here about probably about seven and a half hours ago now, we had our nativity service and we had one of those. And we see that helpless, vulnerable child, don't we? Well, yes, that is what God became. But we also need to see that the helpless and vulnerability that he takes on is ours. As our second reading puts it, those words from the letter to the Philippians, he made himself nothing, being found in human likeness. Or as another of the New Testament letters says, he who was rich for our sakes became poor. What is even more remarkable about the Christmas story is that it's not the end of the Lord's humbling of himself. It's really just the beginning. I know that Christians sometimes like to move rather too quickly from Christmas to Easter. We say, well, the baby in the manger grew up, didn't he? But actually, if we read that story, what he does is he continues to stoop lower and lower all the way to the cross. Christ is counted as one of us because he became one of us in every way yet without sin. We are counted as one with him because he united his deity to our humanity. And then finally, Christmas is about the God who is selfless and not selfish. I don't know if you've been watching Christmas adverts this year. They come around every year, don't they? And um, some of them are very clever, or maybe you can just see through them. Uh, to, the, to the cynical trying to sell you, uh, sell you stuff, which is, of course, behind all of them. The worst one this year, I'm going to say, was the, the Marks and Spencers one, which got pulled pretty quickly, I mean, way before Christmas, for, for various different reasons. Don't know if you saw it or not. I think it was a pretty terrible advert, but also quite a, an accurate window on Western culture in 2023. Uh, the basic premise of the advert was a whole bunch of people I think they were famous people, but I have to say I didn't recognize most of them, which probably says more about me than about anything else. And what they were all doing was getting rid of the thing that they just hate about Christmas. So there was someone, I think it might have been Sophie Ellis Baxter, and she couldn't be bothered to write Christmas cards. So she took a blowtorch to the cards on the table instead of writing them. And there was somebody else who really didn't want to play board games with his family. And you see him picking up the whole board and the pieces and throwing it into the fish tank. Various other things too. The soundtrack was Meatloaf singing, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And it says on the screen, love thismus, not thatmus. And the voiceover says, this Christmas, do only what you love. It's a terrible message, isn't it? If you just stop to think about it for a moment. The essential message of Christmas in 2023, according to M&S, is be selfish this year. Don't worry about what 
Christmas is supposed to mean. Don't worry about what other people would like you to be or to do. You just do you. And if you don't want to do other stuff, then you just don't do it. Now, I want to say, even from an unbelieving perspective, that's a pretty bleak view of the world as we come to Christmas. As M&S literally takes the word Christ and replaces it with this, where this just means whatever makes you feel good, you just do that. Of course, the sad irony is that we would be in a whole lot of trouble if that had been Jesus' attitude. But thankfully, he was the opposite. That is why we are here to celebrate this evening. He wasn't selfish. He was selfless. As the carol says that we're going to sing in just a moment, he came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. And as that reading from Philippians puts it, he made himself nothing, being made in human likeness. That is why Christmas is such good news. Um, That's what the angels said to the shepherds, isn't it, in those famous words. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, as God comes down to earth with power to save, Glory goes to him because our hope comes entirely from him. He does all the work. And peace goes out to us because Jesus is the walking, talking peace of God. And everywhere his peace breaks out on earth, glimpses of peace in a world of arguments and conflicts, we just get a taste of what heaven might be like the home that he has in store for us. And if the angels, those mighty, wise, supernatural beings, think that this is worth celebrating, then we should probably listen to that.